Hey Queens, this is the Absolute Queen, and today is Sunday, October 11, 2020. Thank you so much for joining me for episode one. to use the absolute queen as a nickname came from work um i use it it serves as inspiration and motivation to me um so i will always use it so you guys just before i get into the story let you know that you can use it to contact with me um the absolute queen at gmail.com but you can also send me a message through, I believe, the Anchor app. I'll put that into the episode show notes or descriptions, whatever you want to call it. But I pretty much got that uh, nickname, got that ideal by just doing my job at my previous job. Um, most of the time when I would do my job, I would get yelled at, cursed out, hung up on because they didn't like our policies and we had to do it that way was no way around it um they just needed a little bit of patience and so most of them did not have it they need it right away they needed their completion cards right now right now right now um and so this one particular guy he didn't react that way and he didn't say mean things or anything he actually in his reply to me was Deborah, you are the absolute queen. And he spelled queen with all capital letters. And so that just touched me and was always, now is always etched in my heart. It touched me back then um, because it, would, it, it affected, you know, it made my day. I was having a bad day, bad week probably. And it just really made my day. It was really inspiring that I, like I said, I kept, I kept the email now because I don't work there. So I still have it. But when I was working there, I actually put it on uh, my wall of inspirational email. So when I am having a bad day at that time, I can always go back and look at it. And so, um, you know, they, to, to keep me inspired and and to focus on the positive stuff instead of the negative stuff. Let the negative stuff kind of roll off of me, but have the positive stuff as a, a reminder um, because it helped me. Anything that's going to help me, I try to keep it and hold on to the things that's going to help me and help me grow as a person. Um, so that is a lesson um, even into me that things that people say to you uh, can really uh, affect you so it's real good to just be positive to people and say things that's gonna you know be uh, be a motivation gonna help them so I was really thankful he probably don't even know that his words were um, inspiring to me and stuff like that was happening all the time at that place um either things that I'll say to them will affect them or things that they'll say to me affect me and even now to this day um you know things that uh, I go through at work still uh, have uh, an effect and it'd be a positive effect um, but how I got my real name was a compromise between my mom and my dad um, my dad wanted to name me something totally weird my mom don't know what that was so I can't share it because I don't know what it was um, but she being a Leo 
loving to solve problems, um, she decided that we're going to have, well, first, I was supposed to be Christine. That's, I know what she wanted to name me. I was supposed to be Christine, and my nickname was supposed to be Chris, because she wanted to play off of her, uh, her mother's, my grandmother's maiden name. Um, but like I said, my dad wasn't having that. Um, so they compromised. And I got her first name as my first name. And she pronounced it to be Deborah. Deborah. D-E-B-O-R-A-H. So it's the long way. It's like how it's spelled in the Bible. And even that's an interesting story. Because when I was little, I never knew it was in the Bible until um, I got a little older and I saw it. And then um, for my dad to be okay with it, she decided to give me his first name but put that as my uh, middle name. And so... Um, with uh, that, um, like I said, I always wanted to be a lawyer, so there were always these little traces that I would see. see. Um, and I think, I don't know if I saw about the Cosby show with Claire Huxtable being it. I know I wanted to be a lawyer before I saw the show, and the show was just like, oh, it was like a confirmation because I was seeing like an example what I knew about lawyers before and it just always been there um and I just think it was just something that God put in me he put that passion he put that calling on my life um and so that was one thing and so definitely I was glued to watching the Cosby show if not for that but definitely you know just to see her because she was like an inspiration just seeing that on tv because you know I didn't know any real lawyers growing up so that was the only lawyer that I knew at the time was that tv and so um the other time I saw it was uh you know just reading the bible I can't remember how old I was but I know I was flipping through it and I saw my name in the bible and saw that she was a prophetess and a judge and I didn't know what a prophetess was I know now but I didn't know back then but I knew what a judge was. And I was like, oh man, that's another little thing, you know, that's keep hinting at what I'm supposed to do and this is, a, this is something that's meant to be. Um, but I, I felt it was something just like deeper than just doing it as a profession. Um, kinda like something that's like tied to me that if I try to, because I, it was, now I accept it as a calling because it's a calling and that regardless if I try to run away for it, from it it's gonna keep calling it's gonna keep bugging me and so that has been my experience because um I'm not no spring chicken I'm almost 40 and so when I first graduated from college I went to college because I knew I had to go to law school and so um my first time applying to law school was in 2006. Now, a year before that, active in here, I think 2005 is when I met the guy, um, and I fell in love in my 20s, and um, I applied to law school, but because I met this guy, not to say that I gave it up for him, but it was all other different types of reasons because I was 
school didn't come easy. So school was hard work. So I kind of was a little burnt out because of school. And then looking at going to law school, it was going to be some more hard work that I knew I would have to do because school did not come easy. A lot of people that, you know, know me in real life and they really know me because they just see the outside. They don't see me studying. They just think it came easy, but it didn't. It's it's a lot of hard work, even for me, too. Um, and so I think when I was applying to law school and I was taking the LSAT, God, man, that I don't know exactly the particular score that I got because now that I applied again and registered for the LSAC people, L-A, uh, C, I think L-A, L-A-S-C, um, where you take the LSAT test, L-A-S-T, <laughs> um, they, they, they take those scores out after, I think, like five years, so I had to get like a 140, one something, so hint, I ain't getting to law school, but I only applied to one school, I didn't apply to too many, and looking back on it now, I don't think I gave it my all that I normally apply anytime when I do something and I know I gave it my all and I succeeded and I can look back, I know I put a whole bunch of hard work. I can't say that I did that when I applied to law school the first time. I studied and I tried to do it, but I was just fresh in this new relationship with this guy and I don't think I gave it my all. And so that's just probably why it keeps calling me, um, you know, my the passion to be an attorney. And so um, that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, even with me working for a nonprofit, working with seniors, it keeps calling me. Now I'm even interested in elder law. Um, and I didn't have that passion at first, but it's like, Regardless of what I do, law always creeps back in. It were just never left. I just try to ignore it. And you can ignore a phone call. Um, if that person keeps calling you, 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 eventually you're going to have to just pick it up and like, okay, either don't call me no more or, or whatever. Or just take the call and go, you know, deal with it or whatever. So that's what I'm doing now. I am taking the call, um, seeing the tie with the spiritual sense that I, you know, I can't separate the two. Um, I want to do good in the world. I want to change the world. Um, and I want to give it my all. And knowing how hard the LSAT test is, it's going to be impossible, especially with this year. I'm looking at, um, how many people are applying to law school now and some people who have deferred so there's going to be less spots and it's ultra like law school is already competitive back when I did it 14 years ago it's times 10 (laughs) now it's like ultra competitive right now so um Sometimes I get down on myself thinking, oh my God, this is going to be impossible to do, but I have to always remember um, 
that nothing is impossible with God. And I believe that God put this in for me to do. So he's going to get the glory and he's going to uh, bring it to fruition. But I don't know if there's someone out there that is going through the same thing with this applying to law school stuff. So I would like to hear from any of you guys um, who's listening to this, but I definitely would need for my inspiration and maybe to help you guys too to hear from those other people who is applying to law school, taking the LSAT, knowing how your story and your journey is going. And even those people who already went through this, definitely would love to hear from you and connect with you too. So, um, yeah, um, there's so many inspiration and motivation. It's another one. It's a song that this, I think this year that I heard. The album probably came out a long time ago. It's by Snoop Dogg. Um, I think he called it Bible of Love. And he has this song called Change the World with uh, John P. Key. I believe, and that just, when I first heard the song, I wanted to cry, um, so that, like, was an inspiration, that was even before I, I, you know, accepted that I need to apply to law school again when I heard that song, but it's like, I always have this deep inside me that it's something that I can do out there that can affect the world and change it in, in a better way, um, but I know, um, another quote is, like, with Tupac, I love Tupac, um, I'm a weird person. And so uh, he had this quote. I think he said something along the lines of, you probably can look it up to get the exact quote, um, saying, um, actually, I'm going to look it up so I can say it right. He said, I'm not saying I'm going to change the world. But I guarantee that I will spark the brain that will change the world. So I heard that quote as a teenager. And that definitely stuck with me and was like motivation because I was like, I'm that brain. He sparked me. (laughs) And he truly, truly did. It's like, I know some stuff that he was doing was probably bad and and controversial and stuff, but there was some stuff that he did that that was, like, really positive. He was complicated. And um, if the positive stuff motivated some other people to do some positive things, you know, that's good. And so, uh, you know, he did. He sparked my brain to want to do... um, want to change the world, wanted to make a difference in the world. So, um, the only way that I can see to do it is this thing, law, that has been embedded in my heart for I don't know how long. And so I just need to look to God and anything or anyone that he connects with me with, um, cause I can't, I know I won't do it alone, um, to be able to make it come to fruition to to bring it about and to help grow it um so that's what I'm gonna do um I am on I think my second month of uh studying for the LSAT and 
I have been seeing improvement with it. You know, um, I think my first test that I took, which was a diagnostic after not looking at the LSAT for like almost 20 years, well, 14 years, um, was a 128. And um, I was like, oh, I'm not getting to nobody's law school with no 128. Because the highest score you can get is a 180. The lowest score you can get is a 120. So I got a 128. That's pretty low. And that's pretty looking like my chances of getting into law school is impossible. But I truly, truly believe with God, all things are possible. And he's going to get the glory. Um, And I'm hoping somebody who is in the same predicament that just wants to give up, that you don't. If you feel like I feel that this is something, the legal profession is something that God has put into your heart, or this is something that has always been there and is continuing to call in you, don't let this test be an obstacle. Do what you have to do to overcome this test, because it is a learnable test and it can be overcome. I don't care what no one says. There's nothing that's impossible with God. God, with man, with us trying to do it by ourselves, yeah. But when we get God involved and it's his uh, purpose and it's his timing and this is what he wants us to do, it's going to happen. And I definitely believe, like, right now with me waiting and how my brain has, like, changed from the first time that I applied to law school to applying right now, that it's going to come into fruition. Now, I don't know when. My plan is to um, apply for the 2021, us fall 2021 school year. And maybe that might not happen. Maybe it might happen further down the line, but it's going to happen. I know one of these falls or springs or whatever, I'm going to be in somebody's law school. So, um, you know, that's, you know, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm focused on. I'm going to continue to, to do this. I'm not going to give up until I get over this LSAT obstacle. And so, as I was saying, going back to that, I got a 128. And so, I was studying with the different prep books that I was doing those courses, those prep courses are so expensive, so I wasn't able to kind of go and to do those, so I got maybe like three prep books that has helped me, but because of that 128, it's different things that kind of discourage me a little bit, and I don't voice it, I just like keep going, even though I'm feeling the discouragement, um, and so my actions because I was discouraged with that 128 of getting it first um, was not to take another prep test because I was like, I don't want to see those results because on the website the LSAC people L-A-S-C um, have a collaboration with I think it's Khan Academy and that's where I was taking the prep test where you can uh, 
where they lay it out and I put 180. I literally have that as my goal to get a 180 or as close to a 180 as possible. And so I'm, I was just playing around saying, let's, they probably, you know, gonna say, uh, no, you can't get that. But they actually went through and they laid out the steps um, and the, the coursework for me to, you know, get that. And so for the next prep test, I think, which was the first one, the, the first one that I did was a diagnostic. Um, and a diagnostic is a test that is going to kind of tell you the things that you need to work with and to help you do uh, your plan of action for your course of study, pretty much. And so the first test after the diagnostic, your first practice test um, is the test that you're doing either on a weekly basis or every three weeks or every two weeks, just depending on how you lay out your, uh, your schedule. So I think the goal that they had for me was just to go up one point a 129. And even trying to go up one point kind of scared me a little bit. So I was really avoiding it like the plague and wasn't doing it. And so Eventually, I was like, I'm going to get too far behind. I need to just go ahead and be a big girl and just go ahead and do the test. Because it's going to be three. You want to do it under simulation um, of the actual test. Because that's one thing that I learned from the first time that I did not do it that way. I did not take the LSAT practice test under the same simulation time, you know. And that probably hurt me because I wasn't familiar with, you know, taking the test all the way up to test day so that by the time you take test day, it doesn't seem unfamiliar, if, if that makes sense. Um, so I, uh, I eventually, you know, buckled down and took the test and kind of felt a little bit the same way. Like, oh my God, I'm over this test and I'm tired. <laughs> my brain hurts. And I know I'm probably, if I got a 129, that is going to be so great. But I don't think I did. And it was like, not thinking I did. And then when I looked and they had them grade the test, I did way better than I thought as far as my goals were. Now, I'm nowhere near a 180 or <laughs> nowhere near a 150 for that matter. But... As far as my goal score for my first practice test, which was a 129, I got a 139, which was excellent because I got still got plenty of time to grow. Um, and so I'm like, oh my God, wow. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. I am actually, you know, it doesn't feel like it because I'm being hard on myself. But I'm actually getting this. This test is learnable. It, I'm actually improving. And so that was such an inspiration that I just continued to, um, to do it. Um, and then I think after that I got the idea like I need to start recording this because this journey could possibly help somebody else. And it can possibly help me too if I record uh, some of the stuff that's happening so I can remember and um, know that. Uh, this thing is not something that's not within my reach. I can, I can overcome this test and you can overcome this test. Um, so 
that's um, that's where I'm at right now. I am using um, Kaplan's uh, prep book, which is called the LSAT Prep Plus 2020-2021, and then I'm using uh, Mike Kim's the LSAT Trainer. Um, I'm also playing chess to like keep my brain kind of like stimulated and stuff in my free time. And then I'm using another book, the Princeton Review. And I think that one is called LSAT um, Premium Prep, along with Khan Academy, the free thing that the LSAT, L-A-S-C is is, uh, offering. And so I have a lot of prep, actual prep tests from the LSAC people, L-A-S-C, that I bought that I can incorporate to do more drills and more practice and stuff. So, um, and I have the goal each week for the next 24 weeks, because I have six six, uh, months from yesterday, to get this thing started um to get get continue on the path and continue to improve uh so um I have 24 weeks and I think for each week I want to do between I'll say like 20 to maybe 25 hours of study time so I have that laid out per week I think on the weekend I'll do the most which would be five hours on Saturday and, and Sunday and then Monday through uh, Friday, I want to do um, three hours a week. I mean, three hours a day. Um, and that should get me to the hours that I want. Now, some days I get a little burnt out and feel like I don't want to do it. So I just listen to how my brain is feeling. And if that is the case, um, I would take a, a, a break. So because uh, LSAT burnt out is real. And you don't want to get to that point because at that point, you're, you're not going to retain anything. You're not going to learn. So I kind of fall back when I feel that way. But I'll still like play chess or something, do something to kind of relax. Um, so that is the goal. I know I was before, which made me lower it a little bit, my hours per week. Um, I was trying to do 30 but working full time and then also trying to do 30 hours of study, it just, it's not going to happen. I don't even need to have that as a goal. I mean, if I can do it and not feel burnt out, I'll do it, but I'm not going to have that as a goal anymore. So, um, yeah, just 25, 20 to 25 hours. And so that is, oh, and then I also, to help me, with the the test because there's three parts of the test and then I think maybe I'll, I'll explain in more detail because I don't want this episode to be too long um and I feel like it's getting kind of long right now so um I think I'm gonna leave it there um and then maybe the next episode for some of you guys that are new I will go into maybe the details of the test and the different parts that I'm learning. Because um, there's pretty much three parts that they're going to teach. But I'll, I'll keep that for the next episode. Um, and 
more of the details of the, the actual test. I did. I just wanted to go into kind of my history and why I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, but I do want to mention before I go, um, my um, kind of like my goals once I am a lawyer. I always wanted to have my own law firm and to work for myself that just was embedded in me but now in the areas that I wanted to practice was kind of like um, helping people like with civil rights and um, public interest and even criminal law I was a little iffy on that because of some of my um experience and stuff with the whole criminality criminal stuff but it was when I did when I because I was a political science major in college because I thought back then they don't tell people this now but back then when I was going to college they kind of tell you to major without telling you to major in political science but now they don't tell their students that I wish they told me that because um but no, I mean, my political science, I did get some benefits out of that. So I don't regret that at all. Um, but uh, when I used to take some of the political science class, I think they had a criminal law class and a constitutional law. And both of those with the criminal law, I found those really easy. I did breeze through those. I got an A. Um, in those, it was the foreign stuff, foreign policies that I didn't do too good, that I kind of did average, but, um, anyway, uh, I'm trying to think, is there, is there something, because, oh, I was talking about law firms, um, I, um, always wanted to have my own law firm, and, uh, working for a non-profit, has actually exemplified that even more um, because the lady that I work for for the nonprofit, she actually built it herself. You see how everything in my life um, connects with the calling on my life. I actually got when I first got hired there, I got the story on how she built her law firm, I mean her um, nonprofit from the ground up. Now I never wanted, I never thought about my law firm being a nonprofit until I start working for a nonprofit and I see the work that nonprofits do, you know, especially those that are really strong and embedded in the community. And so now not only do I want to have my own law firm, I want to have a nonprofit um, that caters towards those that are, um, elderly so I want to kind of look at elder law and focus on elder law and then also definitely tying in what I always felt is those people who can't afford um legal representation and um good great excellent I want someone I want to be able to provide that excellent legal representation and that they can afford and then they won't have to um sacrifice you know a whole bunch um just to get the help you know be that be that uh anchor for them be that advocate you know I want to be an advocate um for those people who can't afford really really expensive um 
we'll all help. I want to be there. I want to be that person. And that's kind of how I want to change the world. And as I'm thinking about this, this is like truly, truly helping me. Um, because it's giving me ideas for my personal statement. Um, and that's a part of uh, law school preparation as well. You got to write a personal statement. So I'm kind of getting ideas for my personal statement right now as I'm recording this. This is so funny. But um, I think I'm going to leave it at that for now. And then the next time I'll probably tie, go more into the... Um, more about the LSAT and then more about um, my journey of applying to law school and what's all entailing that and go into detail about the personal statement because it just came up um, in my talk in my little this is kind of like like I said this podcast is a journal um, an audio journal so I'm trying not to have it like planned out but I'm trying to also be organized but um it's it's helping me too because I'm kind of brainstorming and it's helping me through this process of of applying for law school because I don't want to do it the same way I did it before just apply um and not put any thought and stuff so um that is gonna be all for now um if you are doing the same thing that I'm doing, uh, going and applying to law school, or you've already applied, or you're doing something that's not even law school, but you're taking on something that seems impossible, reach out to me. I would definitely love to hear your story and hear what, you know, what you're doing, what's your inspiration, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be God I just want to hear you guys stories your inspiration your motivation so reach out to me either via email at theabsolutequeen at gmail.com or within the show notes within the description there should be a link so you can send me a message via anchor because that's what I'm using to record this podcast um, so send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Um, if this is your first time listening and you want to hear future journal podcast episodes, uh, do what you got to do to, uh, you know, stay tuned. Um, so that will be all for now. Bye. of the LSAT, the LSAT, the Law School Emissions Test. So that is the correction that I wanted to quickly, quickly, definitely make sure that it is attached to this episode because <laughs> um, I kept saying it, uh, you know, by mistake. It is the LSAC, Law School Emissions Council. 
and they are the producers of the LSAT Law School Auditions Test. And um, that definitely was bothering me, so I definitely wanted to make sure I added that in there. And um, that will be all for now. Bye.